current sermon series. This is on Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, one of the uh, really neat things about this passage and this series is that we get to examine all of these uh, Old Testament figures, people who are gifted, people who are flawed, people who are certainly real. Uh, And this past week, Pastor Mike uh, preached to us from Hebrews chapter 11, hearkening back to Genesis 4, the first set of brothers, Cain and Abel. So we've got sibling rivalry, we've got worship, we've got murder, uh, we've got a lot of things going on in this uh, passage. And so uh, Pastor Mike's here, Chase is here, uh, and we're going to spend a brief time uh, discussing uh, the sermon a little bit further on this uh, episode of Sermon Plus. So uh, Mike, why don't you get us started, give us a brief summary of uh, the sermon from Sunday. Yeah, so it starts in Hebrews eleven four. Examples of faith, and the author there says that Abel offered a more acceptable sacrifice by faith uh, than what Cain did, and so obviously that throws us back to Genesis 4. And um, we kind of looked at this various scenes of Genesis 4. The first scene was like Cain and Abel and their offering, and then specifically it highlights Cain. So uh, we looked at uh, the faith of Abel first, and we kind of labeled that as a first and best kind of a faith. Uh, He offered the firstborn of his flock and the fat portions, and the Old Testament readers there would have identified those things as uh, as the first and best he gave to the Lord. And so we just kind of noted from there that, you know, as we're looking at what faith is generally, like these stories are sharpening in our understanding of what faith is. And so uh, faith in God, we, we noted, is not just simply believing these facts about him, but it's like a value that we're placing upon him. And so uh, this kind of faith that brings the commendation of God is a faith that recognizes that he's valuable and worth all that we have and all that we are and our first and best. And so we saw that with Abel, and, you know, he was commended by God for that. And, uh, of course, we talked about that, but you know, we'll see if we get into that part of the plus or not. Uh, we'll keep the summary going. But secondly, we looked at Cain by contrast, and he certainly had a kind of faith as well. He was he believed in God. He had some type of a relationship with God. He knew who God was, and so, uh, but he had this kind of like really deficient, dysfunctional faith uh, that really led to you know some horrible results. Um, but his faith, we we called that the leftover faith, and that's because in Genesis four, there's this contrast where Abel brought the firstborn and the best portions, the fat portions, and then it literally just says, and Cain brought some. And so the idea there is is a leftover kind of a faith. And then we looked at like all the results of what happened with Cain because of that and, you know, the negative emotions and he wasn't commended by God and um, sin was right there at the door. And uh, then ultimately it led to this jealousy and bitterness, as you mentioned in the intro there, sibling rivalry, and he ends up murdering his brother Abel. Uh, And then that, of course, brings the judgment of God. And uh, in the end, a really sad statement there that, that Cain went away from the presence of God. We see here Cain as the, you know, leaving the presence of God. So, you know, those are the first two movements of the sermon, you know, a first and best kind of a faith and then uh, a leftover faith. Um, But then we noted, like, in all of these stories, you know, knowing how the Bible works a little bit is that the the New Testament interprets the old and and the old is always connected to the new in some way and specifically through Jesus. So in Hebrews, you know, Hebrews 11, I always feel bad saying this, it's actually Hebrews 12 where it says, looking to Jesus, 
Uh, there's, there's aspects of these Old Testament stories that will be like little windows into the personal work of Jesus. And so we know that Jesus is the perfecter of our faith, uh, that he's a true and better Abel. He's better than Abel in that Abel offered the first of his flock, but God offered his firstborn son on behalf of us. And so we, we see that if, if we see God offering first and best, it solicits our first and best. And of course, Jesus was better than Abel because he, he offered himself fully, you know, he, Abel offered some of his, you know, flock, which is fine, but Jesus offered his very life, everything he has, everything he was on our behalf. And so we saw that he's a true and better Abel in that way. And then also the writer of Hebrews has this really great little uh, analogy of, you know, how the blood speaks. Abel's blood was crying out for justice, and, uh, which is noble and good in and of itself. But but Jesus's blood, Hebrews twelve twenty four says that speaks a better word. He's crying out for our mercy and grace. And so we we ended with a look at Jesus, with a look at the gospel. That if that when we see Jesus giving his first and best, and when we see his, and you know, or we say he we hear his blood crying out for mercy, uh, it solicits our first and best. And so that's the summary uh, of the sermon. And um, yeah. Yeah, when we talk about preaching uh, Christ in the whole Bible, mm-hmm. this is just a real clear explanation of it. I mean, it's even defined for us in the New Testament, just like you said, where you know His blood, Christ's blood, speaks. Um, you know, yeah. Than Abel. I, I think I said at one point in the sermon, you know, if you end with just simply "be like Abel" and don't be like Cain, mm-hmm. it's actually not a Christian message yet. It's at that point, it's still simply a Jewish message, which is is good, you know, but it's not Christian yet. And so we're Christians. Right. And so how do, how do these things, you know, play into the bigger story? Those ideas of first and best versus leftover, just a really clear contrast. We were commenting earlier, you know, if you just remember that, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's essentially the whole sermon boiled down. And mm-hmm. that's really something that you can take throughout your week. You know, am I giving what's first and best here or am I giving what's left over? And even if you haven't navigated all the way down what all that means and all the specifics, those two headings, you know, really get you started. Yeah. Um, So what about some further discussion? Uh, There were maybe some things that you wanted to get into a little bit deeper. Uh, If I remember right, you even mentioned that in the sermon. Yeah. Uh, And maybe you hadn't heard that first sermon plus and didn't know what that was and you found this one then great Uh, but that's what this is all about opportunity to go a little bit further what what are some things maybe that you um yeah some topics you wanted to do a little bit of a deeper dive on yeah i was going to mention something about idolatry and i think maybe chase had something about the concept of brotherhood so i'll start with the the idolatry part and this is actually going to come up a little bit more in some of the sermons that follow we're going to see this issue of false worship or inappropriate worship, you know, leading to conflict or, you know, difficulty, even judgment in these stories. And so it's just worth highlighting again, you know, Cain, I said in the sermon, he had a worship problem, you know, that led to the people problems. Um, But I didn't really get into too much, um, like what his worship problem actually was. But it, it just had this, you know, it's got to be somewhat connected that Cain was looking to something or someone else uh, for satisfaction, for joy, and for peace. He wasn't looking to the Lord for that. And so his idolatry wasn't even that he brought a grain offering. That was an appropriate offering. 
that had to do with the disposition of his heart about what you love and what you trust more. And so um, you know, I guess this kind of bleeds into application as well. But like, what are the things, I, mean, I wish I kind of would have said it maybe this way Sunday, what are the things that you are loving and trusting more than God that then leads you to give your leftovers? You don't just bring your leftovers like... Yeah, why am I giving... Why, why am I compelled to give leftovers as opposed to... What am I scared of? What? Right. Because my first and best is actually going somewhere else. And so uh, I think that's a, a good way to look at our idolatry is that when you give your first and best to something else, you're going to have leftovers for something. You know, that, the other thing's going to get your leftovers. And <laughs> it's almost like a, I, mean, I hear my wife in my mind, the scheduling issue. If I say yes to one thing, it means I'm saying no to something else, <laughs> which is true. But the same thing functions, I think. With, and so I just wanted to make that kind of additional comment about idolatry. And there's going to be more comments, you know, that, you know, when we get to Abraham and Isaac and the whole, you know, issue there potentially of like, is he making an idol out of Isaac? And you're almost like making an idol out of the promises of God. But here, Cain, um, apparently, you know, again, we don't have all the details about it. Scripture is very terse sometimes, but there must have been some way in which Cain was like looking to get. I mentioned it in the sermon, like his name means to get or to possess. He, he must have been the first and best for Cain was about acquiring a lot of stuff. It seemed like it's almost like maybe initial consumerism. And so, you know, I think that's a good word for us as we think about that, like what, you know, if we feel like we're giving leftovers to God, then that should be a pointer to say, okay, well, where is my first and best going? Is it is it myself? Is it my is it my my immediate family? What you know, what whatever the idol might be there. Yeah, so I think that's a really helpful way to say that. Sometimes, um, sometimes it will get said, you know, like you're always worshiping something, mm-hmm. and. You know, that's a different. It's it's a different way to say it. Where is my first and best going? Sometimes I'm always worshiping something. Well, well what is it? I don't necessarily feel like I'm worshiping right. something, or maybe that is more of an abstract idea, or maybe I've got a different view of worship going on in my mind. But the question, where is my first and best actually going, is really clarifying. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's helpful. Um, let's talk a little bit about the concept of brotherhood because there's a lot going on. The word is the word brother is used like how many times? Yeah, it's used seven times, which is definitely intentional. The number of completeness, the number of God there, um, and he he goes out of his way to keep highlighting. And I mean, you could just say Abel, but he'll, it'll say Abel, his brother. You know, Abel, his brother, that's repeated. So, yeah. I don't know, did you want to jump in there, Chase, on that? Yeah, I mean, because this is a Sermon Plus podcast, I mean, yeah. I uh, I get the privilege as a pastoral assistant to get the behind the scenes with the preparation that Pastor Mike puts into these sermons. And one of the things he kept saying uh, in preparation for this is, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. Yeah. So he kept saying that. And uh, one of the things that stuck out to me, and um, I'm not even sure if he mentioned it in the first service or the second, but is the love for your brother that you are supposed to have and that Abel was supposed to have with Cain, um, even mentioned in 1 John Mm -hmm. uh, in that passage. But one of the things that stuck out to me was even, uh, and this again probably is more an application, but um, loving your brother goes beyond just like when you're with your brother. And so even uh, if I'm referencing someone uh, speaking, I got to speak well of them, speak charitably of them, mm-hmm. because um, and you, Pastor Mike even mentioned in his preparation, uh, James chapter three and verse nine, 
uh, talking about the tongue, it says, With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. And so um, with that passage and with the whole being your brother's keeper thing, it's like we want to uh, not defame our brother's names you know, behind their backs or brothers and sisters' mm-hmm. backs. It's like when we're referring to people, when we're talking uh, to other people about someone else, it's like speaking highly of them, favorably towards them, not gossiping, not slanderous. And because uh, if we are talking slanderously towards them, it's in some sense we're like, uh, killing them. Yeah, you're, and you're attacking their reputation. Yeah, exactly. And they're fellow image bearers, mm-hmm. uh, just like we are. And so it's it's nice to speak well of them charitably and not uh, speak down upon them. And in, and in that sense, we are, you know, caring for our brother mm-hmm. like Abel uh, or like Cain should have done with Abel. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, too, about the whole brotherhood thing, it's like the assumption is that Cain should not treat his—Cain should not treat this other human named Abel. Why? Because Abel did a bunch of nice things for him. Because right, right. you know, like its its identity is driving expectation here. Mm-hmm. And so, literally, like just because you're brothers, you should treat people with equity, justice. You're just saying treating them graciously. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes paradigmatic for all human beings. There's a sense in which there is the brotherhood of man. Like that becomes the Imago Dei, which is, mm-hmm. you know, against all kinds of racism and sexism and, you know, classism, all those isms that are abusive and nasty. The, the, the reason that can even exist is because fundamentally in a Christian worldview, we are brothers. The other human being is my brother, is my sister. And so I should treat them as such, and then all the more in the body of Christ, where the overwhelming New Testament language right. to describe us is brothers. And right. so this becomes a really paradigmatic um, uh, story that should shape how we see each other and how we treat each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this first instance of brothers gives us like a really raw, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfiltered, like final form of really what all those other mistreatments are pointing to yeah right, you yeah. know and um yeah excellent yeah let's talk a little bit more about application uh our last section here um so even maybe digging deeper into that first and best versus leftover mm-hmm. maybe what are some ways in which we can apply that it seems like you could probably take that to some specific disciplines or aspects or situations that you're that you're dealing with so maybe let's uh tease some of those out yeah, I I would say um, I think there's this kind of principle of firsts here, and so I want to be careful um, of treading into any kind of like legalism or anything like that because there's not like you can't go to, you know, Romans 17, which as you know, there is no Romans 17, <laughs> and say, well, here's the principle of firsts, and so this is what you have to do. But I, I think there is something here about the value of God, and so like... When I think about the things that I'm called to steward, the stewardship class comes into play here. Like I think about my schedule, like my schedule. Okay, well, when I'm looking at my week, again, I keep saying my week. It's it's, it's God's week, you know, mm-hmm. like that I'm right. living in. Right. You know, am I scheduling first and best? Am I prioritizing the way I'm using and stewarding the time that God's giving me? Am I demonstrating that? He is my priority. Mm-hmm. He's my first and best. Mm-hmm. Or am I doing, in a sense, all the things I want to do, and then if there's anything left over, I'm giving that to God. Mm-hmm. You could take that on a day-by-day, day, and I'll, I'll confess, like, 
I struggle sometimes do giving my first and best to God in the morning. But like thousands of Christians over thousands of years mm-hmm. will tell you how good and wise it is to begin mm-hmm. your day mm-hmm. renewing your heart and your mind with the word of God and prayer or whatever. I mean, it's just like, it's not even, you know, I used to try to argue in my younger days it didn't matter, but that was just me being immature, proud, and insecure. <laughs> <laughs> like there's definitely that principle of like you're starting your day by giving yourself fully to the Lord and I would say specifically renewing your heart and your mind and who you are in Jesus. I would be very specific about that. That's the principle of, of firsts. And so you think about your schedule, you think about your day. Um, I would also say, you know, about your resources, your money. Is it the same type of thing? It's like as you, you know, look at what the Lord's giving you, what you make, what you earn. But, of course, you know, Deuteronomy says it's the Lord who gives us the power to get wealth. And so whatever wealth we have comes from the Lord. It's like, do I, like— pay all my bills, do all my things with that, and then I give them the leftover to God? Or is it like, if you're married, have you and your spouse worked it out where it's like, this is what we're prioritizing our value to God, and we're giving this first to Him, whatever that percentage is. You know, we're not, mm-hmm. you know, again, I'm not saying we're bringing the Old Testament law necessarily into here, but like here, this is going to show our value that we have, that we are going to take the first fruits of our income, and we're going to give that to the Lord. And then we're going to, we're going to figure out whatever else is left over after that, you know? Right. And so I think those are ways that I think, you know, I think we'd have to probably argue that those are um, how we demonstrate that God is the value to us. He is the priority to us because we give him in a sense, preeminence first place. Um, you know, and you could, you know, you could do that with other categories of your life. But I thought just as far as like, I actually feel like maybe I should have had that in the sermon. You know, I felt like that was an important application, but, you know, Sermon Plus listeners, there you go. I feel like that's a really important the principle of first. And you see a lot in the scripture. It was first first fruits, firstborn, like first of the month. Like that was just something that God kind of ingrained. Um, you know, I think it's really cool in the resurrection. We worship on the first day of the week. Like we're giving that to the Lord. So I think that in a sense, that principle of first is just really a principle of like us valuing that when we give those to the Lord, it's actually going to be better for us. We believe that God will, this will be better for our lives to give ourselves fully, firstly and fully to God will actually lead to blessing and goodness. Yeah, yeah, I thought uh, going back to what you're saying about your um, giving your best and giving yourself, I was I was thinking about conversations I've had with my wife Caroline about like at the end of the day, that's usually when I go, okay, this is like my free time, quote unquote, my free time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sermon is helpful because it's really like it's all God's time. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at ourselves and we realize that we are um, bought with a price, we are not our own. Uh, and then we also, like w- applying the sermon from Sunday, you have God giving his first and best. Yeah. And it, re- it reminds me of uh, Michael Reeves' book, Delighting the Trinity, when he talks about uh, God being a benevolent, giving uh, God rather than this um, demanding God who's requiring all these things from us. Rather, he is showing his character in his goodness and his generosity in not only creation, but then giving the father, giving his only son, like mm-hmm. you mentioned in the sermon. And then the Son giving himself for us, and then also the Spirit giving himself to indwell us Mm -hmm. and to help us along in that whole process. And so as far as application goes, it's helpful for me when I'm thinking about, quote-unquote, my free time. It's like, no, actually, it's all God's time, and how am I going to use this to best serve my family, to best serve uh, for my job, whether here or wherever. And so it's uh, it's helpful for me in that process about giving my whole self because God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
gave his whole self to me. Mm-hmm. And there's a real joy and freedom in that. Like right. that can sound upside down, but Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Right. Right. And so it's like when you look at the story of Cain and Abel, like Cain kept for himself and he ended up very unhappy. Right. <laughs> a right. lot of negative right. emotions, whereas those who are fully and freely giving themselves to the Lord, they f- they're actually very happy. Right. They're very confident. Definitely. They're very joyful. So, Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways you could take that. You can use that principle of first and best versus leftover and maybe apply it to wherever you would feel the Lord communicating to you to apply that. Uh, yeah, we don't have a list of all the specifics. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. do exactly this with your finances, your possessions, your children, all, all of these things. Mm-hmm. But... Um, nor does that also mean there's no application. Exactly <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You know what's the what's the Lord doing, and that's a really helpful grid to to work through and continue to uh, examine. Uh, all right. Well, that's a wrap for this week. Next week's sermon is going to be on Abraham and Sarah. Yep. So continue to read through there, Hebrews chapter 11, and then you can uh, dig back into Genesis for some further context. It's basically going to be like Genesis 12 to like 18. Yep. Great, great. So yeah, do your do some preparation there. Get in the scriptures and read, and uh, we will be back here next week. 